Look what you made me do. Look what I made for you. His name is Old Man. Old Man Wayne. I live by the car. I die by the phone. Old Man. Old Man Wayne. Old Man. I'm about to do something terrible. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And the podcast so nice, I got to say the name t- twice. This is the Old Man Wade Show. You may have noticed that if you, well, if you're a subscriber or you do listen on a regular basis, you've probably noticed that there's probably some time in between when I record and when I drop out albums, well, I'm never dropping an album, or when I drop podcasts. A lot of it has to do with sometimes I literally have nothing to say. I could pump out some bull and just say, hey, this is what this is, and give, like, you know, awful opinions on something, especially when news just happened. But it would be very disgenuous to myself, disgenuine to myself, or disgenuous? I forget which one it is. Uh, to myself, to my listeners, and to anybody who would one day, maybe one day be on the show. Because I don't want to be one of those guys who just does shit just to do it. That's just not how I do things. That's not how I want to do things. So I figured when the move, when the moment of the mood hits me, I'll put some stuff out. I'll put an, an episode out. Last week, I actually had some topics I wanted to discuss, and a lot of them revolved around John Morant. But I wanted to take some time to really think about what I was going to say before I said it. So I took some notes. I did some thoughts. And for those who don't know, a couple of weeks ago, John Morant, once again, was on Instagram Live and had a gun. And one of the things people have been saying is, well, he has, you know, the Second Amendment right to have a gun, and what was he doing, why does the NBA care? Well, there's a couple of things that need to be mentioned beforehand. First and foremost, he does have the right to carry a firearm. Uh, Whether he does it legally or not is not really the, well, that's, Super important, actually. If it's his gun, it's registered, then, you know, he has a right to carry. But people also forget that companies have what's called a, forget actually what the clause is called, morality clause. And among those things could be guns. Some companies have them. I'm assuming the NBA does. And because of this, that's an issue. But this isn't his first offense. It's actually his second offense with a, with a, um, with a gun. So obviously the NBA now has more of an issue for it. The Memphis Grizzlies suspended him indefinitely from team activities, which is their, their offseason, so who knows what that means. And a lot of people say that it may not matter to him, but it could because these could be team events where they go to schools, where they're building stuff, where they're just doing all types of community service. And for him, that could be one of his favorite thi- one of the one of the parts of being an NBA player that he cherishes the most, and now he can't be part of the team when they do that. So that legitimately could hurt him. So, you know, it's the offseason, so he can't go to games, obviously, and that's fall fine and well, but he may actually cherish those moments where he's working with people in the community in Memphis or just around the league in general as, a represent, represent, as, a, as someone who represents the NBA and, you know, his family and himself. One of the things, another one of the things I wanted to point out was something Joy Taylor said, which was, uh, which was she put beautifully put, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to not say it as eloquently as she did. But Joy Taylor brought up the idea of guns in America and how we have all these mass shootings that seem to happen once a week. 
I don't know what the number is. You guys can Google it and go from there. But guns in America are a problem. People want to blame rap music with John Morant. And yes, the music he listens to, may have been listening to, I think it was NBA Youngboy, they said, was, you know, is a heavy gang influenced thing. But that doesn't really mean anything. To quote Jay-Z, Scarface the Rapper did more than Scarface the Movie for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... He wasn't influenced by certain things like in Scarface. And when he says things like that, Scarface was actually a very deep rapper. Things like I've Never Seen a Man Cry is one of those pivotal songs in hip hop. And it was actually talking about the emotion you go through. Give the song a listen to. Um, I've listened to hip hop, shoot, since probably Crisscross and A Tribe Called Quest, The Woo, the first. Gangster album I bought, but see, not even I bought, was someone dubbed me a, a, a tape of Scarface. Thinking of it now, it was like Never Seen a Man Cry. It was the first hip hop rap song that I remember watching and like really feeling. Before that, it was um, The Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, and my dad played in the car all the time, which still has an effect on me to this day because it's a very well done album. Like just the productions, the rhymes, and everything into it, everything going to it. Phenomenal album. Uh, I listened. I listened. Listened to a lot of like gangster rap, if that's what you want to call. It, if that's what it's categorized as, never wanted to shoot anybody. Just not my thing. I also bring this up to say I hate guns. Don't like them. Have I gone to a gun range? Yes, I've gone two or three times. Would I go again? Probably not. I don't like guns. I don't like shoot. I, don't, I just don't like them in general. My opinions and my thoughts on them have changed. I have friends who are. Super gun nuts. I have some friends who are just super gun enthusiasts. Um, and those gun enthusiasts are, they handle their weapons safely. And I respect the hell out of that. Um, I respect the hell out of them. But just for me personally, I don't like guns. I would be perfectly okay if we took them all and threw them into the sun and we never saw another one again. And miss me with that, well, what if we had rocks? What if we have like knives and stuff like that? I'm like, it's, a million times different when someone can go into a hotel in Vegas and just start sniping people as opposed to someone who can't, you know what I mean? There's, there's a huge difference. So let's not even, so miss me with that. Uh, another thing that should be mentioned is something Maul from um, a podcast said, he talked about John Morant's irresponsibility or naivety to his situation. He brought up that the NBA has a draft every single year. So that means every year, I believe it's 60 teams, or is it 52? Forget how many draft picks there are in the NBA. But every year, there's multiple players who will come in, and they are gunning for that top spot. And there are players in the league right now who haven't been drafted who are going to take leaps in terms of talent, in terms of points, in terms of what they do. That's a spot that can be taken. Nobody can have their spot. Can't There's not a person in the league that can't have their spot taken. Michael Jordan, for years, was known as the greatest player of all time. Now a lot of people consider LeBron the greatest of all time. How you fall on that is up to you. But honestly, that just shows it, that like Jordan was, was the king. Now LeBron's the king. Who's the GOAT and who's not, it's up to opinions. But that just shows you, like, a day from now, you could, lo- you could lose it all just off of something... That was trivial. Did he need to do that? No. You don't need to go throw your gun up on Instagram Live. Um, 
I forget who said it, but they were saying how when um, John's friend saw what was going on, you know, he pushed the gun out of his hand because he knows like this isn't something you should be doing, especially on Instagram Live. And even if you delete the Instagram Live, it's on the internet. It's there forever. That's how a lot of people get caught during crimes. It's like, you know, you rob somebody or you steal some, or you murder somebody and then you go on Instagram Live or you go on Twitter or you go on Facebook or Snapchat or so have you and go, well, it's going to disappear or it's private so no one will see it. Nah, they can still get it. And people will get it. And especially when you have notifications for certain things like where sports beat writers probably have notifications for anything that, like if you're covering the Memphis Grizzlies, you're going to have something, you're going to have notifications whenever John Morant does something or Dylan Brooks, you know what I mean, things like that. Or if you're with the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Luka Doncic or Kyrie Irving, these are things you're going to be paying attention to. So once that live goes up, people are going to see it, people are going to record it. And once they, once it's, once it's recorded, that's it. There's no, there's no going back. Now, unfortunately, uh, as I'm recording this, this is yesterday, he went to social media and it was a very cryptic and very dark message. And it, it was concerning. I know there are probably some people online who are making fun of him and call this an attention grab. And it could be, but it could also be a cry for help. And for some of you who don't know this, a cry for help is still something that should be taken seriously. And I remember talking to my group chat and we, you know, once we found out that he was okay, you know, we were, before we found out that he was okay, we were concerned. Like, you know, like, I hope this doesn't end up being a tragic tale. Like, we've seen this in sports where people have committed suicide, people have, like, you know, murdered and stuff like that. And this is not something you want to see anybody go through. Regardless of how you feel about John Moran, it's an awful, it's an awful thing to have to think that maybe this person could die because of something, like, you know, because of something they're going through. And then there's the aspect of social media. Does he feel the need to be on social media? Is this something that kind of like is an obsession or something? You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know that obsession because I didn't grow up in the era of social media. I grew up, like when social media started popping, for me, it was MySpace. And at that time, I was in my mid-20s, maybe like late, maybe early 20s, mid-20s. And so I didn't really, like, I wasn't in high school or stuff like that. I didn't have, like, that wasn't, how I socialized. So for me, it was different. For John Moran, who I believe, who was in his early twenties, that's it's going to be different for him. So he may have that that need and obsession or that want to always be present on social media. But according to his message, this was him saying goodbye to everybody. Like you know, for social media, he was taking a break. And I honest to God hope that's what it was. And, and whatever's going on with him, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Because honestly, no, I don't think the majority of people don't want to see this becoming a Netflix or Hulu documentary where John Morant's story ended tragically. It would be awful. And just as just as a one black man thinking of another black man, I don't want to see something like that happen, man. It's we don't really have a lot of people in our culture who can make a difference, who can gain generational wealth and who can change communities and in, in the lives of thousands of people. John Morant can do that. And hopefully whatever's going on with him, he gets it together so he can be the person that I think a lot of people believe he can truly be. So the last couple of weeks, it's been more of a uh, serious podcast, and I'm going to continue on with it just for a little while longer because I want to call people idiots. If you're sending death threats to comic book writers, you're an idiot. Stop it. Get help. 
It's disgusting. It adds nothing to the world. And as a matter of fact, it takes away from the world. Kamala Khan is supposed to die in an upcoming episode. Wow. In an upcoming issue of Amazing Spider-Man written by Zeb Wells. And I believe in my last podcast, I talked about how people basically called me a biblical whore. Uh, well, short term, they called me a scarlet and then screen capped the definition. So I knew that they were calling me a biblical whore. So they, so I knew that they were calling me a biblical whore, excuse me. And it continued on. And I guess people just don't like the Zeb Wells series, which is, you know, all fine and well. You don't have to like it. I love it. But I don't get the extreme anger with that. I will say that it is unfortunate that the most popular Muslim character, possibly in comics of all time, is gonna die. It sucks. It's awful. Like I'd feel so. I'd feel some sort of way if Luke Cage died, or if they killed off T'Challa or Okoye or any prominent black com- um, combo character. But I'm also not gonna go find the writer on Twitter or find their email, or find whatever, and then tell them to go kill themselves. That's, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life, and you should definitely consider what you're doing and reevaluate your life if you're telling someone to go kill themselves over a fictional character. And even if this character changed your life, if the creator changed your life, and you're just upset that somebody came in and did something you didn't like, you still have those memories, and you still have that same kind of like, you can still recreate that feeling or even go back and read these comic books and see what this character did for you and how it made you the person who is. And honestly, if you're a fan of Kamala Khan and you're going to tell a writer to go kill themselves, you do not understand the character of Kamala Khan because that's not something she would want as a character and you're a fucking idiot. That being said, I'm going to read the issue and if I like it, I'm going to say I like it. If I don't like it, I'm probably going to say I don't like it. But I'm not going to go tag Zeb Wells and then go on about like, oh, I can't believe you killed this person in such a fucked up way and blah, 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 blah. I don't care enough. I'd rather, I'd much rather tag a person in something and tell them how much I enjoyed it. Bring some joy into their lives as opposed to just being a, excuse my language, instead of just being a dickhead. Like, what do you get out of that? Like, I, in... The last episode of Humanity is a Failed Experiment, I really wondered, like, what do people get out of being just disgusting and nasty? And I'm still seeing it. It's still going on. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't really want to perseverate on that too much because, honestly, I want to talk about some dorky shit and some articles that I wrote. So if you're not into comic book news or comic book articles or comic book lists, you might want to stop now. Maybe go listen to one of the older episodes on the Old Man Wade Show, which you can find anywhere you are listening to your podcast except for SoundCloud, which I actually need to fix that. Uh, A lot of them are on YouTube. I'm going to try to promote that a little bit more. Maybe I'll do some video when I don't feel so fucking fat. But until then, like, you know, it's going to be audio only. Uh, When you see it on YouTube, it's just a clip and you can listen to it on YouTube. That's all it is. (laughs) So here's a funny thing for you. In Batman number 135 by Chip Zdarsky, we find out exactly how the Joker was created. He was made by an alternate version of himself from a universe that Batman visited after losing a fight, after almost dying to a creation that he made. An alternate version of the Joker named Darwin Holloway, I actually had to go look that up, was <clears throat> he created something 
that allowed him to look through the eyes of a joker. And he saw this free spirit, one of the most like charismatic and carefree villains, villains or people that he's ever met. So he wanted to figure out why he was different, why he couldn't become this character. Come to find out, the reason for that is, is he's actually the origin point to this. He's the reason why there are Jokers, because this particular, when one particular Joker came out of the acid when he was Red Hood, something allowed him to see Darwin through his eyes, and it drove him crazy. So then what he does, he goes, so what Darwin does, he goes throughout the multiverse and he keeps trying to figure, find out how he can become this Joker. But as he's doing it, he's not only creating Jokers, he's actually bringing Jokers back from the dead just from his presence. And he's actually making them stronger. So as Batman's chasing him, he's meeting other Batman. We, he goes past the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman, which was super cool. He meets the Adam West Batman, who gives him a utility belt, which comes into play in a little while. And he comes across another Batman who gives him a new hand. Batman loses his hand in this issue. This series is fucking great. So anyway, it's the last universe, and Darwin is trying to create this new, like still trying to create Jokers, and he comes across these two giant sharks that are Jokerized because of him. Batman's about about to get eaten, and he goes, hey, let me see what this Batman, the Adam West Batman, who gave him his belt, he goes, let me see what this has on there to fight this shark. And as a reader, I'm going, please tell me it's Bat Shark Repellent. So that Batman, he laughs and goes, finally I met a Batman more prepared than me, which was such a dope way to pay homage, or yeah, pay homage to the Adam West Batman, the Adam West Batman who everyone loves, and rest in peace Adam West, who is one of the originators and one of the greatest of all time. If you ask my co-host Javi, he'll tell you that he thinks Batman, Adam West Batman, is the most comic book ac- accurate Batman that you'll ever see. He ends up stopping him, uh, but the problem is he can't stop Batman, excuse me, he can't stop Darwin without killing him, like leave him there, which would leave him to die. But he also knows he can't he can't leave him there and he, he has to do something. We don't know what happens, but it looks like Tim Drake well Tim Drake does show up and rescues um, Batman from the multiverse, which he's been, you know, in the other universe for a while and then reality hopping. So that was super cool. I absolutely loved this and it was kind of a nice way to explain how Joker was made. It was damn sure a better origin story than that movie, which, you know, I didn't like. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, moving on to Tom Taylor's Titans, number one. Say that three times fast. In the first couple of pages, The Flash dies. Wally West is shot. Which, if you're a fan of The Flash, you should know that he outruns bullets all the time. That's just something he does. So it was kind of weird to see him, like, die like that. But at the same sense, we all know... Heroes, heroes and villains come back all the time. Wally West will be back. I'm pretty sure he's died before, so this not anything to like really be concerned about. However, the last issue of Dark Crisis, Amanda Waller was being excuse me, someone was speaking to Amanda Waller. It was a clandestine group of people saying that metahumans need to be eradicated. 
And so, you know, she's, you know, Amanda Wallace happy. She's like, oh, I get to kill metahumans. And, you know, I get to live out this thing that she's been wanting to do and trying to do. And now she's got approval. Fantastic. So my theory is Peacemaker killed Wally West because whoever kills him has to be somebody who knows guns, knows superpowers, and Peacemaker would have access to the bio and the weaknesses and strengths of the Flash via Amanda Waller and the American government. But also, there's another Peacemaker that appears to be a woman. So while we saw Peacemaker the male peacemaker with the Teen Titans, excuse me, the Titans, because not teens anymore, but the Titans, it could have been the woman who actually killed him, so kind of like a bait and switch, and if they have the peacemaker costume, there's no way they're not as, not they're not just as skilled as Christopher Smith or whatever the fuck his name is. I forget what peacemaker's name is, and I don't really feel like looking it up. But peacemaker, <laughs> regardless. So, who knows exactly what's, who killed him? But I think it was kind of cool to start it with, like, you know, the death of a Teen Titan. If there's going to be anybody, it would have to be the Flash. I'm not going to say he's the most expendable, because if I had to pick someone, it's probably going to be Beast Boy. But considering him and Raven officially just got into a relationship, and I think this may be the first time that they've just, like, really been in on it, like, together. I think it's been, I think it's kind of kind of nice, and I don't think he should, it should be that. And can't be Donna Troy because she's a powerhouse. She's dope. And I also think that they have a lot more coming from her in the future. So if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Wally West because he probably is the most popular character. He's also the most expendable because everyone knows the Flash will be back sooner than later or faster than later. Ah, see what I did there? Fast, Flash, speed. Never mind. All right. <laughs> um, we also have, I want to talk about a couple of shows, comic book shows. That are going well. One of them ended, and the other one is still going on. So we have Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights' first three episodes were not good. Let me rephrase it. First two episodes were not good. First one was awful, but I'm covering it, so I gotta watch it. Second episode still wasn't good. The lead character, I believe his name is Taylor, um, wasn't really that good. Like I was like, I don't really like. Why should I actually care care about this character at all? Like, you're not giving me a reason to, you know like root for him so but I'm still going but then then something happened episode three it just it got a little bit better not enough for me to say all right everyone should watch this but definitely gave me enough of a reason to start like you know looking forward to it and this may not seem like a much much but when the show first started on IMDb I think it was rated like a three if you go on there now, as I'm recording, it's, it's a 4.6. That's a big deal. That's that's a huge jump considering people probably bombed it and talked about how bad it was. And his name's Turner, not um Taylor. I don't know why I got those. So Turner Hayes wasn't a good character, but what I've noticed is that the creative team kind of, he's still the star. I shouldn't say the star. He's still the focal point of the story. However, he's not the driving force behind it. And I think that was... That was dope. That was the smartest thing to do because he's kind of bland. And I don't think it's the actor's fault. The actor's name is Oscar Morgan. I don't think it's the actor's fault. I just don't think that he's the one who can carry the team yet. Or carry the show yet, I should say. But they have uh, Navia Robinson, Navia Zirali Robinson playing Carrie Kelly. You got Tyler 
uh, Giachari playing Colin Rowe, Fallon Smith or Sm- Fallon Smith playing Harper Rowe, Anna Laura playing Stephan- Stephanie Brown, Olivia Rose Keegan playing Duella, and of course the great Misha Collins playing Harvey Dent. In my book, they've all been the people that I mentioned have all been tens, like across the board, and it's a slow build. I think this is episode. 10 that's coming out next week and according to imdb it's only 11 episodes so this will be over soon and once it comes out on hbo max i fully expect people to binge it and actually like enjoy it if they get past episode two so it's going pretty it's going pretty well it's the court of owls which is great i like that they're not going with like the joker even though he's mentioned because apparently duella says that the joker is his father i don't think that's the case because i don't think that's the case in the comic books either and that also helps that if you Google Duella on um on I'm on um if you just Google it, it's Duella Dent. So I'm like, all right, so are we gonna go with like she's the illegitimate child of Harvey Dent? Is there something more to it? Whatever. Another thing that I like is a slow build towards Two Face. This it hasn't just been the acid in the face that kind of switched them. And if you're a fan of Batman the animated series, there's a specific episode where they talk about Harvey Dent and he in um. He was big, bad Harvey, so he's always had this dark side to him. And Misha Collins gets in, had, tells a story about how his dad used to be the sweetest person in the world, and then he'd flip out and then beat him and then come back and be like, "Why, Harvey, why are you on the floor? Why are you crying? And like he would have no recollection of what just happened. So it looks like that was passed on down to him. And I can't wait for this next episode because it looks like Harvey's other side is actually going to be talking to him. Talking to him. So I'm wondering how that's going to go. But um, honestly, I I recommend it. I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch Gotham Knights. But honestly, I think it's a pretty good show. And I definitely think it's worth watching. And before we go, I want to talk about Titans. Season 4 of Titans was the, final, was the final season. The series finale on HBO Max, which I do think we're going to see Titans on another streaming service. But HBO Max's Titans is officially over. The show ended. And it felt incredibly rushed. I would like to sit here and tell you that, like, it was like, you know, the final episode was just a triumph. But it kind of wasn't. I will say that I'm happy that the characters kind of got a happy ending. They split apart, but they're also leading. Excuse me. They um, talk about the lives they want to lead going forward. Raven's going to go to college. Beast Boy is going to spend some time in the red to try to figure out, like, you know, try to fix parts of it. Starfire and Nightwing are together. Superboy, Connor, is finally getting flying lessons from Superman, which is which is cool. So that part was nice. The final fight was underwhelming. The, I just, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't good either. It was kind of mediocre. It just felt like just another episode. And even at the end, it kind of felt like it was like, oh, well, we'll end it here. And they kind of left it like open, which is which is good. Because honestly, I think there is a market for the show. I don't. I know there's a lot of people, shout out to uh, Brandon, who <laughs> he hate watches the show, but he watches it because he wants to make sure he's informed with all of the combo shows that are on that he can watch and he started Titan so he kind of hate watched it but it really didn't do anything for me and 
Brother Blood didn't become a good character until the very end, and I was kind of upset by that. And Mother, but Mother Mayhem was so damn good. She was ruthless. She was aggressive. Like she was powerful. And like when you hear about her story, it kind of makes you you don't really you kind of feel for it, and you don't all at once. But it was good, and, and like it also kind of felt like Mother Mayhem should have been the main villain in season four, and then maybe season five kind of leads to Brother Bud becoming like the big antagonist in season five. Because honestly, like it just it didn't feel right, and it's unfortunate because like shows should end on a on a much higher note especially when this could be the last time we see these characters at the same time for the same project and when you have a show that has so much potential and it could be better and it kind of ends like this you're like eh I don't know I'm gonna go back and rewatch the entire series from season one and kind of see what's going on and kind of see maybe I missed something that like could have been better. Oh, speaking of like bad parts of the season, there was a whole thing with Tim, Tim Drake and Jason Todd. And that could have been like an entire episode. Instead, it's kind of like they montaged it out and they sped it up. And like Tim Drake became a great fighter within like a day. Nah, it was good. But like, they made it seem like he just made leaps and bounds in such a short amount of time. I'm not rolling. Not rolling at all. That should have been an entire episode. Maybe an entire couple of episodes. Maybe a few episodes where they break up um, the training piece by piece and you kind of just go back to it. So it kind of seems like he's getting better over an extended amount of time. Not like he meets Jason Todd at night and then before the sun goes down the next day, he's better. Nah. Like I said before, I'm not rolling. But anyway, I'll be back next week. I'll probably talk some more dorky stuff, probably some more happy stuff. I'm trying to be positive, but yo, humanity is a failed experiment. And I'm really thinking about changing the name of the podcast to uh, The Old Man Wade Show, uh, colon, Humanity is a Failed Experiment. Maybe a little long, but we'll, we'll figure it out. But anyway, thank you for listening. If you want to find me, you can find me on The Old Man Wade. Excuse me, not The Old Man. Well, obviously The Old Man Wade Show. You can find me on oldmanwade.com on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, I'll be posting stuff, talking shit, and doing what I do. Um, yeah, that's all I got. And as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Damn it, Wade!